Go ahead and get out your Bible. Let's take a moment and pray this morning, and we'll get into this new message. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your ability, the grace of God, the divine ability of God working in us and through us, enabling us to do what you've called us to do. And Father, I ask that utterance would be given, boldness to speak your word, and each one would have eyes to see and ears to hear today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Well, I was, uh, I was remembering recently that about, uh, you know, some time ago, about a year and a half ago, I think, I had come across a videotape, a home video that some, my, I had made with some friends of mine, and that video was shot 20 years prior to that, okay, so a while ago, and it's always very interesting, of course, to see yourself, uh, you know, at the time was 20 years prior, and some interesting, you know, conversations had, and we, we, it was just a goof around video, we were not, we didn't make little movies or anything like that. Uh, we water ski and <laughs> play basketball just out in you know out in the yard and all that. And and all, all we had a, a video of us just goofing around and joking around. And uh, some things I I uh, I liked about seeing and you know the thinness of my stature <laughs> and uh, some areas like that. There were some other things that I had viewed of myself that I thought. Mm. It just really stood out to me as, uh, I've changed. I've grown. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and uh, I, just recognizing some areas of, of immaturity and uh, noticing that I had come a ways. And in that part, I was glad, but at the same time, knowing that I need to hide this video. <laughs> <laughs> Lest it come back to me, like at, you know, like at a church anniversary or, <laughs> or something like that. Um, but you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, one of the things that is not a compliment. In fact, one of the things that probably is more of a criticism is if someone comes to you and they haven't seen you for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and they say, you know what, you haven't changed a bit. <laughs> How many know that's not really a good... I mean, physically, that might be great because you've maintained your youth in that regard. But as far as other characteristics of your life, we do not want to be those who never change. Remember, uh, uh, the Bible in 2 Corinthians 4 says that we go from glory to glory how do we go from glory to glory it says we are changed from glory to glory in other words if i'm still the same as i was 20 years ago <laughs> i'm lacking some glory right if, if i'm still the same i've missed some opportunities to improve and to grow and to increase in my life and that's not a good thing okay we want to be increasing we want to be changing in the sense of growing in the things of God. I, I remember also at, at when I went to my first high school reunion at 10 years, and uh, a friend of mine, she came to me, we were talking, she said, you're different. And uh, of course, I wondered what she meant at first, like, in what way am I different? But 
how many know again that can be a compliment or I guess it could be bad at the same time but uh, it's definitely a positive thing in our lives if we are changing in our character in our understanding in our knowledge and in many different areas Uh, but the Bible talks about us growing in a number of different ways okay the Bible um, speaks of people in 2nd Timothy 3 growing worse growing worse I don't know about you but I don't want to grow in that way Uh, Galatians 6 talks about people growing weary they grow weary that's not also not something we should be (laughs) desirous of Um, in 1st Timothy 5 it speaks of people growing wanton okay or promiscuous Uh, in Matthew 24 the Bible speaks of people growing cold growing cold obviously that's not what we want either we don't want to grow cold but there is one that I do want to focus on and take uh, uh, take up a new topic and a new subject here today and that is the Bible speaks of growing up and there is one area that we should all be moving one direction we should all be moving and that is up <laughs> and we should be growing up just because a person received the Lord doesn't mean everything's done okay we know spiritually speaking we're complete in him but there's some development that needs to take place in our spiritual lives in our relationship with God in our character in our growth all right and this this is something that we need to give attention to because it's not automatic just because a person receives the Lord and they have eternal salvation does not mean that their life is reflecting the Lord's. Does not mean they have developed to a degree where they can enjoy the benefits of adulthood. Okay, and I'm talking in a, in a spiritual sense here. We are all growing, but uh, it, it'd be important to ask ourselves, uh, how, th- how are things going? How are things going in your spiritual life? Okay, spiritually speaking, is it going up or is it going down? Are you getting better or are you getting worse? Say, is it possible for someone to be saved and yet get spiritually worse? (laughs) Well, yeah. I don't mean, again, their spirit is getting worse or more sinful, but in their life, their overall relationship and walk with God, their spirituality is going downhill. That is the case sometime. Uh, But that can be avoided and that can be changed. And if you've been on a downhill slope, I believe things can turn around. I believe they can turn around starting today. Okay? What I'm talking about is not a quick fix. It's not a lay your hand on me and make it all go away. But it is something that can be changed in a moment. Decisions are big time critical to our future. We decide something before we ever get going in a direction. Okay? Sometimes people want to, you know, kind of change their actions and everything and kind of get you know it's it's like uh, someone feels bad about their life someone feels bad about their sin about their behavior and they want to stop doing it before they make any commitments to the Lord because they feel bad about it and they think I can't commit anything to the Lord in this condition because I'm drinking this and I'm smoking this and I'm looking at this and I'm talking this way and I got this attitude and I got this anger problem I got I'm going to get some of this together before I really move forward with the Lord some people stay out of church because they got too many things they feel like they need to deal with uh, before they can really start doing that again because they think I'm just I'm just being a hypocrite if I go and I'm living this life 
I would encourage you to switch that around. Okay? What do you mean? I mean, the Lord knows everything that's going on. If you truly have a heart to live for Him and to take your life up and do better, the Lord knows that. You're not being hypocritical because you're struggling with something. I I realize that every time any kind of uh, well-known minister or leader does something really stupid, you know, and sinful, and it gets publicized, that the world looks and says, ah, that person's just a hypocrite. That person, they were preaching one thing, and they were living another. They're just a hypocrite. I'm not so quick to label them that way, even though I know there are hypocrites in the world, right? I also know there are people who are really committed to the Lord in their heart, and they really want to do what's right. They're simply tempted, and they not making any excuse for it by any means, but they fell. They fell into sin, feel feel guilty about it every single day of their life. I'm not going to be so quick to slap someone down who's fallen on their face and who is in sin or messed up in some areas. Come on, join the club. Has anyone never done that? And uh, But here's the deal. Our commitment to the Lord can precede any kind of physical uh, in any kind of physical change. Why? Because that's where our help comes from. Our help comes from when we, uh, remember Hebrews chapter 4 says, we boldly enter the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, the context of that is when a person's being tempted because he was tempted at all points like we are. When a person is having struggles and they're dealing with something, that's the time to go to the Lord, not fix it up because then the Lord will, you know, maybe accept me more. I mean, no, that's just anti-Bible. He accepts us based on Jesus and his finished work, not upon our good deeds anyway. And so what, what we need to pursue is say, hey, here's where I am. I'm not where I ought to be. I'm where I was 10 years ago. Or I'm worse than I was 10 years ago, but I want it to be different. I really want my life to be different than it is. Then you make your, commit your way unto the Lord today, and he will bring it to pass. Commit your way to him today and he will begin to empower and enable and give you exits from that, that wrong stuff that's going on in your life. He'll show you a way of escape. He'll give you an out. He'll show you how to change and he'll give you the strength and the ability to do it. Amen. So no matter where you're at today, it's time to come on up. And the Lord is gracing us and enabling us to do that. So are you growing worse, weary, or wanton? Is your love growing cold? Or is it getting stronger every single day? I believe that's uh, the case with some and others it's not. But we can all enter that track. I want you to look with me at Ephesians chapter 4. This is my topic here in this, this new message I'm sharing with you. It's just called growing up. We want to grow up. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4 is a good place to begin in this message. Ephesians 4. And of course, we know that the context here is the Lord gave the fivefold ministry to the church. Um, and he did that, of course, to uh, uh, equip the saints in verse 12 uh, for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13 is where we want to start. He said, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. I want you to notice that 
he's writing to believers, till we all come to the unity of the faith. That tells me that just because we're saved, we receive the Lord, that doesn't mean this thing called the unity of the faith is an automatic reality in our lives. We grow to that point. The fivefold ministry gifts speak into our lives so that we come to the unity of the faith. In other words, if we separate ourselves from the gifts of God that He's given to speak into our lives and minister to us, then we will not come to the unity of the faith. We will also not come, as he says here, to the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, someone said, well, anyone who's saved knows the Lord. Well, yes, to a degree, but obviously that's not what he's talking about here. Not talking about just a person getting saved, otherwise he wouldn't use that language. He wouldn't say, I've given these five-fold ministry gifts so that everyone comes to a full or perfect knowledge of the Son of God. If it was just automatic, I just pray and receive the Lord and I've got it. No, actually, you've got salvation, you've got eternal life, and, uh, and you've got a lot of stuff going on in your uh, that that's good. But the knowledge of the Son of God is not established in your life. You only know Him to a very small degree. Okay, and these are the things that need to increase. He goes on to say, to a perfect man, to a perfect man. Does the Lord want you to be perfect? Well, that's what it said, to a perfect man. Now, I understand there's other words that can be used uh, by definition of the, the, the Greek words used there. One is uh, to be to come of full age. Okay, why did he do all this stuff? So we could come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a full age. That implies to me that when I'm saved, I'm at a young age. Okay, and there must be something done in me and spoken to me that I might mature in the things of God. He said to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children. What do you mean no longer be children? Obviously, when a person comes to the Lord, they are a child. Again, I don't mean they have a little tiny spirit, but they are a child in their understanding. They are a child in their knowledge of the Son of God and the unity of the faith and some some of these areas. But he said, I don't want you to remain a child tossed to and fro that's a characteristic of a of a child tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting okay Uh, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head christ and so again we're talking about growing up and some of the areas we want to grow up in um are well let me say it this way There are some aspects of a child that are desirous, okay? The Bible speaks positively about a child in some areas. We we can have childlike faith, right? We can receive the kingdom of God like a child, receive the Lord like a child, quickly believing there's some innocence and, and some things there. But how many know there are some other areas that are not to be um, in place? Like children are often very selfish, Right? Do do, do you not know that? (laughs) If you've ever had a child, well, let's just go back to the beginning for a moment. Uh, The the baby, just maybe a few months old or in that first year, how many know that baby 
is not thinking a whole lot about everybody else, right? When the baby is uh, in the middle of the night, wakes up and has this hunger pain deep within, the baby doesn't lay there and think, hmm, now I'm getting kind of hungry here. What should I do about this? Well, my mom, you know, she's tired. And she went through that long pregnancy, that labor. She's had to recover and uh, build her strength up. And I've been getting her up in the middle of the night. And this is kind of annoying to me. I'm just going to stick it out, though. (laughs) And the baby just kind of processes this and thinks, I don't want my parents to have to get up in the middle of the night. They are tired. I'm going to go ahead and hang here till morning. I think I can do it, (laughs) right? Or if the baby, you know, messes the diaper or something and thinks, this is really uncomfortable. I would really like a fresh diaper. However, I know that changing diapers is really not fun. (laughs) And so I'm just going to go ahead and lay here quietly until morning. And so they don't have to change it so many times. And No, children aren't thinking. They don't give the slightest thought. All they think is... I'm hungry, I hurt, I have an uncomfortable situation going on, something's not right, and they're going to scream out until somebody fixes it, right? That's how children act, especially the younger they are, the more is anything something's wrong, they're crying out to, you know, mess with someone else's day, (laughs) so they will fix their problem and make them comfortable. I don't know if you know any adults that act that way hopefully not but I have no concern about someone else's what they're doing it's just something in me hurts and so I'm going to scream until someone fixes it until I get attention amen (laughs) and so that's one of the areas of course we don't want to uh, be like a a child Uh, one of the big areas is is understanding I don't want to be like a child in my knowledge and in my understanding um, the scripture actually says in 1 Corinthians 14, 20, says, Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. All right? Should we be ignorant of some things? Yeah. Should we be babes, so to speak, in some areas? Yes, concerning malice. Don't have a great understanding of evil. Uh, you know, another scripture in Romans 16 tells us to be wise in what is good, but to be simple concerning evil. It should not be our desire to study out and have a vast, deep knowledge of sin and of evil. Say, well, that's just, I just got street smarts. Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, have you, have you studied sin? Do you really make that a priority? Because, we, you know, you can be aware of every evil in the world today because of the, the vast flow of knowledge that's so readily available. But I don't want to be an expert in evil. I don't want to be an expert in sin and in darkness and wrong. That's not going to help me grow. Listen, I read you know, news and, 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 and stay abreast of things that are happening. But I'm also aware that when I'm reading on my computer and checking out some latest stories and headlines, that's not helping me grow, okay? I need not confuse that with my Bible reading. <laughs> well, I'm just having my quiet time here. 
<laughs> with what? <laughs> I'm just having my, you know, my devotion here. With <laughs> your devotion with who? <laughs> with the news? You know, there needs to be a, a very distinct separation between the, the different media that we receive. And, and the Word of God is what's going to help us to grow. But again, be ignorant of evil stuff. As much as you can. Remember, there was a guy named Smith Wigglesworth, mightily used of God. He went to probably a pretty strong extreme there. When people would come over, what I've been told, they'd come over. If they had a newspaper with them, he'd say, you can come on in, but leave that thing outside. (laughs) And and he he would say, well, why should I read half the truth when I could read all the truth? Now, I'm not saying you're sinful if you read the newspaper, but hey, the guy had some results. And one of the things is he enveloped himself in truth and in something that fed him and helped him to grow, helped him to increase, not something that tore him down. Okay? And there's something to be learned by these issues. I've been frustrated at times in my experience with running into believers, saved people who remain perpetually immature it's kind of frustrating especially as a pastor and as a teacher when you try to put things into people and you see five years later they're really not much different and you think well what's going on and you might question the content of the goods delivered but you see others who are taken off you see others who are just excelling and you realize it's not all i mean the food could be a problem I mean, that is in some situations, but when you see others just growing like a weed, so to speak, you, you know that, well, there's some, people are missing something. They're not recognizing their part in growing in the things of God. And I know, again, sometimes if, if, the, if the food is bad, it's going to mess with your health, right? If you're listening to wrong things, it can mess with your relationship with God. It'll affect your faith. It'll affect your confidence. And sometimes there's just a lack of, of nutrients, what people are listening to, and they are committed to the Lord, but they're not getting the spiritual nutrients they need to go to the next level. And I have, I have experience in my life of being in, uh, you know, many years ago now, but in church where there wasn't much given to grow. And there was... From my memory, it seemed like salvation was preached every week. And every time you come to church, commit your life to God. Every time you get there, give your life to Him. Lay it all down for Him. Receive the Lord. Okay, good. That's a good message. I don't disagree with that. (laughs) But I already did that. And so ultimately, how many not... As believers, we don't really need to hear that again and again and again. We need to hear that once and then get on with life. I mean, the only reason that helps to hear it again is in our own uh, presentation to other people. We get some of that basic stuff really down so we're a blessing in someone else's life. But other than that, I need food. I need something to grow. And so I found myself staying at the same place. And I'm, you know, I take some of that responsibility for myself. But, but, uh, but some people, you know if they're very immature in the things of the Lord and they're not given stuff that will cause them to grow, it's just like a small, small child. They don't know how to feed themselves. And that's why God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers someone, at least in the beginning, and they are needed our whole lives, don't get me wrong, but in the beginning, they stick that spoon in our mouth and they say, here, eat this. <laughs> right? I don't want to eat that. Eat it. 
That's why you come to church and you don't get to pick the message. Because <laughs> I'm going to load this thing up with some, uh, <laughs> with some nutrients, with some good spiritual stuff. And if I can get you to open your mouth, I'm going to stick it in. I'm talking about your heart really now. If I can get you to open up your heart and I can stick it in, I know in the days and weeks and months to come, it's going to produce what you need to be living overcoming life, to be in the place where God can use you tremendously. It's helpful. But if we don't ever get that, we're going to be missing out. I remember I was in, uh, and we're going to go to uh, Hebrews 5 here in a moment, but I was in a park a number of years back. And I had an opportunity to speak. There was these four teenagers, and I got in a conversation with them, and I started sharing the Lord with them, okay? And I was, everything was going good. They seemed to be open and receptive, and, and, I, and I shared the gospel with them, prayed a prayer of salvation with them. All four of them thinking, yeah, all four of them. They got saved, gloriously saved, and praise God. Then I got to speaking with them afterwards, and, and, and just you know have shooting the breeze just talking to them about their lives where they're at and and i asked them have you guys you know have you ever been to church because after you get saved that's one of the things a person needs get in a local church and so i'm talking to them about that they said oh yeah oh yeah we go to this church right over here and they named the church and it was a christian denomination that preaches the same gospel that we preach as far as salvation is concerned and i'm perplexed because i'm thinking dudes i just got you saved but you're in this church, you should already be saved. You should already know the Lord. And thing is, you know what? Maybe they did. But I asked them questions, you know, uh, not remembering my exact words, but questions like, you know, if you were to stand before the Lord and he were to ask you, why should I let you in heaven? What would you say to him? And I was getting kind of that common answer that the world gives if i'm a pretty good person i didn't kill anybody you know i'm doing my best all that stuff that's just wrong and uh and that's why i shared the grace of god with them you need to receive the lord and he does the work for you i shared with them the gospel they prayed the prayer but when i found out they're already in church and in a you know in a christian church i think and what is the problem here these guys either weren't saved and I got them saved, but then why didn't they get saved through their church somehow? Or they were already saved, but so ignorant of the Bible, so ignorant of spiritual reality, that they couldn't answer me a simple bottom line question. And that is a problem. When, when people are in churches and they're not being given the goods that will actually cause growth and positive change in their life. I'm wondering... What in the world are people talking about? And there's a serious lack of understanding. And people are children in their understanding. And therefore, it really prohibits much of God's plan and doing. Let me say this. I've said this before recently or sometime not too long ago. Uh, God's plan for your life, His call, His purpose for your life, it has built into it the necessity for growth. In other words, God didn't call me and have a plan to reach thousands and thousands of people. That He knew that that plan would not work if I remained too. 
spiritually speaking. Because if I remained immature in these areas, there's no way that I could accomplish what God designed for me. And the reason some people never walk in the fullness of what God wants them to do is because they remain children in their understanding. And then God's not able to do the full extent of what he really purposed for their life. That's why it's so vital and important that we increase. Hebrews chapter 5. Everybody there? Hebrews 5 and verse 12. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, notice that language, you ought to be. In other words, they weren't what they ought to be. Well, I believe that whatever God wants me to be, He'll make me that. No. No, it's not something that's up to the Lord. The writer here wrote, For by this time, in other words, sufficient time has passed where you should be teaching this stuff. You've been around long enough. You've been saved long enough where you should be able to teach this stuff yourself. Now, how many know not everybody is called as a teacher in the body of Christ, but everyone can teach to some degree. They can teach what they know to somebody else, whether they're called and anointed to have a ministry that way. He said, you ought to be teaching this stuff by now. However, you're not there. He said, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Okay? Now, we might ask ourselves the question, with, how, with the time that I've spent since I received the Lord, since I was saved, am I developed sufficiently for the amount of time that that's, has passed? That's a good question. He said... Uh, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. See, that's the issue with, with, with many. Uh, how many know when you talk about milk, again, we're looking at the picture of a baby. A baby needs a bottle. And unfortunately, there have been some believers, like these guys, saved for a long time. Sufficient time has passed. It's time to put the pacifier away, right? It's time to put the big boy pants on and giddy up with life. It's time to put the bottle away. You've had, you've had your milk. Now it's time to have some food. He said, but you need the bottle again. I'd like to talk to you about a whole bunch of stuff, but I can't. I can't tell you. I want to get some. I want to have, there's some things the Lord has shown me, some things the Lord has given me, and I'd love to let it out, but you're just not ready to hear it. And the picture again is you've got little Jimmy one years old in the, in the high chair, you slap a steak before him, <laughs> eat. How many know he doesn't know what to do with that steak? <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with that. He can't handle it. He can't digest it. He can't receive it. It's not going to be of any benefit. So it's almost like casting pearls before swine. You know, you're putting stuff out there that's highly nutritious and valuable, but the one receiving it isn't able to appreciate it, okay, isn't able to receive it. And, and that's the picture. They, he said, I've got to go back to milk. Okay, It doesn't mean you can't ever, as a mature person, ha- uh, receive you know, the basics and receive the fundamentals. It's like sometimes a person might grow up and they're, they're, they can eat a steak, but it doesn't mean they won't have milk again, especially in ice cream form. 
Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but it doesn't mean they, that they won't have milk ever again in their life. But they're also able, and it's needed, to get to a place where, where, where they have steak. Or they have, uh, as, as he says here, solid food. I'm just throwing out the word steak, whether you like steak or not. All right. Uh, they, they need solid food. He said in verse 13, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe that gives us a picture of what spiritual immaturity is like it is people who are unskilled in the word we all need to get to a place where we are skillful we are skilled in the word of god we know what it is we have a depth of knowledge and understanding we know what to do with it we know how to wield this sword of the spirit it's Again, at times in my life, uh, it's been a point of frustration when I see believers come upon a situation where someone is in need of spiritual help, and the only answer they give them is natural. They react exactly like the world who doesn't know God. In other words, everything they rely completely on the flesh and what natural man would do. I remember one time I was around a, a group of people, believers, all Christians, and someone had hurt themselves. And I'm not talking those who don't even believe in, in miraculous. I'm talking about spirit-filled folks. Okay? Should know better. But someone had, uh, I think it twisted an ankle or something, and... And this person was hurting and all the believers got around. And the very first thing they do is they're seeking medical treatment. Let's call this person. Let's get this person over there. And I was standing back frustrated with it. Not saying anything. Thinking, you guys know God. You have the God of the universe on, uh, on the inside of you. you telling me that's how you react to a problem? You immediately look to the natural instead of looking to God? Listen, there's a person in the Old Testament that God rebuked for that. In fact, the person actually died because he sought the physicians above God. And I'm not against physicians. Don't get me wrong. We're thankful for the medical uh, help that we all get. But the very first thing in our mind as believers, we need to draw upon the life of God within us. And someone around us in this world gets hurt and we immediately look for a Band-Aid. No. I immediately look for a believer with hands. And say, let's get some spirit-filled hands on this thing. And believe God for a supernatural answer. Amen. Okay? It ought not be that our first response to a financial need is Uncle Joe, who's got some money. Our first response when we find, man, maybe a layoff or something going on, is we call upon the Lord where our help comes from. We need to act like saved people with a supernatural God. Instead of just acting Look into a natural solution to everything. We've got to grow up. We've got to look to Him. Amen. He said, everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. It's time to get our skills up. Get our sword sharpened. It's time to use what we've been given. Amen. He said... This person's a babe, in other words, talking about immaturity, but solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their, have their senses exercised to discern 
both good and evil. And this is one of the truths that comes about. When we get to a place where we can handle and are regularly receiving solid food, we are going to be more discerning. We are going to be quicker to recognize this is of God. This is not. This is right. This is wrong. So many times the immature, they don't know. There's so much, almost seems like gray area. Okay? And they don't know a lot of answers. And let me say this while I'm talking. It's not wrong to be immature. It's just wrong to stay there. Okay? It's not wrong to be... If you feel like, man, you're talking about me. I have very low understanding. Well, good. You're in the right place. I believe I can help. And the rest of us, we can help. And you're going you're gonna to go forward like never before. And it's going to change your life. Okay? However, we don't want to be continuously in that place where we're a child in understanding but we'll we'll grow and we'll understand more you know paul wrote to the corinthian church and uh, one of the things he said there in first uh, corinthians 2 um, he said that those who are spiritual and that's used in that sense of maturity he said those who are spiritual they judge all things Yet they themselves are rightly judged by no one. There's something about when a person gets to a greater place of maturity and therefore discernment and understanding in their life that they'll look at circumstances, they'll look at things, and they'll, they'll be able to easily dissect and recognize what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's bad. But yet an immature person will look at them and say, I just don't understand them. I just, I can't figure them out. It's because of their position. It's because of their maturity. They're not able to understand. There are certain things my, uh, my youngest child cannot understand. Not going to talk to her about it. Not going to try to explain. I understand and see things clearly, but she just doesn't. All right? And this is a place where we want to get, and I would encourage you, uh, if ever you're hearing something, and you think, man, I don't understand that. Stop with that. It's okay to not understand something. What, what people, how people miss it in that area is when they don't understand, they criticize. Or when there's a lack of understanding, they say, I don't agree with that. Well, hold back on the judgment of that. Okay? I can uh, remember times when I was hearing things taught and hearing things said and I thought you know what eh, I don't think he's right about that. I don't think she's right about that but I had enough wisdom to keep my mouth closed and later I was glad because looking back I can I, I was able to see well I see that clearly now I understand what they were talking about I understand what they meant but at the time I was just I was just not able to grasp it. It was because of my development up until that point. I was still a child in understanding, and I couldn't get it all. But just hold on. If you stick around long enough, stick around the things of God, stay in the Word, you'll come to a place when scriptures that used to bother you, scriptures that used to be troubled about, behavior, things taught that used to spin your head, now it's just, well, this is easy. I see that. I understand that clearly. I can remember people coming to me with questions and, I'm, and thinking, mm, I don't know. That's <laughs> where I was. But a few years later, looking back, thinking, how in the world did I not know that? 
That's the easiest answer in the world. Okay, well, I grew. I developed. And I was able to see more clearly what the solution was to that problem. And we're going to increase more and more and more. Amen. Listen, and there's a lot I want to say. I'm going to try to get this in as much as I can. We're on a time limit here. Uh, It is possible for us to come to a place of full age or maturity. Sometimes people might place place an emphasis on, well, in this life we're never going to really get there because we never reach everything. And I agree that we're never going to become all-knowing. We're never going to grasp, we're never going to get to the place where there's nothing else to learn and know and experience. There's not a place where we stop growing in that, in that regard. However, the Lord did place this goal before us that we can come of full age. Okay? There can come a point in your life where there is absolute maturity. And when you reach that, and again, I know this comes in different levels and stages, but as you get there, you'll be so glad you weren't, that you didn't stay where you used to be. Just like, um, you know, I was talking to my children uh, one time a while back, and we were just having a discussion about their life, and, and one or the other, or a couple, couple of them said that they didn't want to be adults. Because, you know, they were basically having fun. <laughs> As kids, we get a play. And they don't see, I guess, mom and dad playing a whole lot. <laughs> uh, playing looks different. Um, but the, but they, they, they thought, you know, we, we just want to be kids. And I was, you know, glad about that as a parent, feeling I'm glad they're enjoying life. Uh, however, I can think of some enjoyable aspects of my childhood as well. And, uh, but listen, I don't want to go back. I haven't met any adults other than wanting to redo a few things. <laughs> uh, other than that, I haven't met an adult that really wants to be 10. Know what I'm talking about? They want to be a child again. They know being mature, being an adult, is better than that experience, even though there are some positives to it. Likewise, in our growth and development with the Lord, sometimes looking out forward, you think, well, why do I even want that? I'm, this is good. I'm having an enjoyable time at this place of understanding and maturity in my life. However, once you get there, I'm telling you, you'll look back and say, I'm sure glad I did what was necessary to get from A to B. A was fun, but now, whew, I don't even like it. I don't ever want to be A again. I like B. And then you move on, think, I wonder how good C is going to be. Better. And the more we grow and develop, we'll look back and recognize that was good, but this is better. And the more we have greater understanding. I don't even want to go back in in this regard. I don't want to go back five years in my life. Where I'm at today is better than than where I was five years ago. And I know as I continue on this path, there's going to become a, a, just a greater depth of knowledge and understanding and stability in my life more than ever before as I grow in my knowledge of the Lord. We've got good things ahead of us. Let's finish with this. Five things that do not guarantee maturity. I'll go pretty quick. Five things that do not guarantee maturity. Number one, knowledge of the Bible. Number one, knowledge of the Bible. Okay, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Knowledge is key to growth, however, it doesn't guarantee it. And uh, one thing, 
It's one thing to quote Bible verses. It's another thing to live them. Okay, in, in Jesus' day, the Pharisees, they could have been considered word people. All right, they, they're the ones who could quote. They packed their Old Testament around, and they were the standard bearers, and, and they're not an example to follow, right? And uh, I remember I was in Buffalo, New York many years ago, and a, fr- a friend and I, we were on the street sharing Jesus with people. We walk up to strangers and, hey, how's it going? And we got into conversation with this one gentleman, and I, I was, he was a Bible uh, encyclopedia. <laughs> he just was rattling off scriptures, just flying out of his mouth. I'm, I'm thinking, wow, he's sure quoting a lot of scripture. But after a while, listening to him, having a conversation, I thought, there's something not right about this. There's some kind of disconnect. I almost wondered if it was spiritual from a bad side. The devil, the devil can quote the Bible too. Uh, but I thought, this guy is not grown and mature in the things of God at all, but yet all these scriptures are coming out of his mouth. What's going on here? Just understand that it's not the same thing, okay? Although a mature person, we need to know the word. Number two, number two, frequent church attendance. Frequent church attendance. Again, should you attend, attend church frequently? I believe it's essential to our development and, and many things that God wants to do in our lives. However, just because a person is in church regularly does not guarantee that they grow. Okay. We'll show you some of these things probably in more detail later. Number three, number three, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Okay. Uh, many of you know that the Corinthian church in the Bible was one of the most carnal bunches around they were very, very carnal and very natural, had a lot of problems in their church. Yet the Bible says in the first chapter in the seventh verse that they came behind in no gift. You know, a person can be born again one day and they can be used in gifts of the Spirit the same day. Actually, in the Bible, different times in the book of Acts, people would be, uh, they, w- they would be saved, baptized in the Spirit. They'd speak in tongues and prophesy and they've been saved for a whole minute and a half. You know what I'm talking about? They immediately become used with God. Now, this is good news in one sense. You don't have to reach some high level before God can use you. God can use you with a little bit of understanding. And again, if, you're, if you've just been a, a Christian a very short time, you can be used of God today. Okay. However, we don't want to just see someone who's mightily using gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, and say, ooh, they've really, they're really... Uh, uh, you know, an example to follow or really develop spiritually, not necessarily so, okay? Number four, number four, uh, you, uh, the thing that does not guarantee maturity is natural ability, natural ability. Sometimes people can have a lot of talent, as we say. Uh, they may be very, very gifted in music, and they can sing and let it go and just be a big blessing and just have a tremendous talent. That does not imply or guarantee spiritual maturity, uh, even natural charisma, Someone can be very charismatic. That doesn't uh, indicate a depth of spirituality. Okay, number five. Number five, having been saved a long time. Having been saved a long time. You, you may have been saved for 10, 20, 50 years. That doesn't indicate automatically, though, that there's a maturity in your life. These, uh, these things come about through purposeful intervention and the Word of God. And some things we'll get into in, in the coming weeks to show you exactly how this works. But it, just because a person's been saved a long time does not not guarantee. However, time is necessary. It can be greater or less depending on what we do with our time. But these things do not come about by snapping a finger and bam, you just have a depth of understanding and knowledge and, and, and all these issues. No, time is necessary. 
And it's not time going a step forward and a step back. And a step forward and a step back. That's usually when people don't go anywhere. All right. But we need to continually make progress going forward and forward and forward and moving ahead. And you'll end up at a place that you're so glad that you're there. Okay. And I realize today I'm not speaking to a bunch of babies. I'm speaking to a combination. Really. We're all at different places in our understanding and our development spiritually and uh, I'm just saying we can go up from here and we can increase and have a greater understanding and, and level of discernment in our lives and, and, and some of the things I want to share with you in the coming days is I want to help us to recognize what exactly immature immaturity looks like and what maturity looks like and we can do a little self-diagnosis. Again, we're not throwing stones at anybody, so don't be afraid. We're going to laugh. We're going to have some fun. And we're going we're, we're to look at uh, human behavior <laughs> to some degree and see what denotes and what characterizes the mature. And so we can, if necessary, step it up in some areas and, uh, and de- definitely move forward and not backward. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for the grace of God that's been, a, made, been made available to us that we all can operate on a level that's above humanity, on a level that's above our human efforts. Lord, we give you our all, but then we rely upon your help and your strength. Thank you for your help today. Lord, I believe you're doing a work in every one of our lives, taking us up to a higher place. Take us in, taking us into a brand new place. Thank you for the moving of your spirit now. Lord, for you do a mighty thing in us. You speak to our hearts. You direct our steps. You order our paths. And we know that what you're doing is good. We know that it's lasting. Help us to clearly see, I pray, even today where we are and where we're going so we can set our course and set our direction so we're headed the right way Father may every person have clear sight today clear spiritual sight to recognize clearly for their lives and their families the way that they should go may no one be in a cloud of darkness and confusion We know that it's not of you. And so, Father, I just pray even now that light and revelation and understanding would come to every mind, every heart today would receive that which you are saying and doing in and through them so that they can walk in the fullness of it, not be hindered, not be delayed, not be held back, but move forward in you. Father, I sense that's the cry and that's the desire of many, of the hearts of many in here. And I believe you're showing us the way. Showing us the way. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who comes to show us things to come. Things to come. Thank you for that advantage we have. We can see the future before it happens. You show us what's coming up in our lives. So we can be ready. We can be prepared. We can have answers 
before the questions are asked. Thank you for your help today. Father, I pray for any person who's come to church this morning that's not right with you, they're not saved.